0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Marcos and his team are East Tennessee's premier criminal defense, personal injury, and DUI defense lawyers. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. If you need to reach them by phone, they'll have someone answer 24-7, and they will get back to you and get working on your case as soon as possible. If you find yourself in trouble, you're going to want the best result possible. Hiring Marcos Garza and his team will give you the best chance to have a successful outcome. It's basketball season. We're going to be doing a lot of partying. Last night, I had a great time watching the game. A lot of people showed up, drink, have fun. It was like a it was like a playoff football game. Honestly, with how many people showed up, and we're wanting to party. If that's you, and you're going out, and you're hitting these and you're hitting these parties, watching Tennessee. Uh, be careful. Don't drink and drive. But if you do, you find yourself in trouble. Remember, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. All right, let's get to the episode. Seth joins us, and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Tennessee, Florida.
1: I mean, this is the
0: last stand. (laughs) 11 in a row, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, Enough. Eh, eh, 38 in a row, as in 38 unanswered points when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up, the holy war is upon us, welcome to Reed's Ranch the Podcast with Seth Hughes.
1: Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. (laughs)
0: Another edition of Reed's Ranch. Oh, man, it's fun doing these after a win. January 13th, Sunday. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, buddy, we're unstoppable. It is, uh, we are so good. We are good at basketball.
1: We are unbelievably good. uh, uh 99% of college basketball teams in the nation lose last night. We, we won by 11.
0: We got a question that came in, uh, you know, because really last week in general, especially if you consider like last Saturday, all of it was really good for Tennessee. Right? We, we, we win against Georgia. We beat down Missouri. Bama gets killed. Georgia continues to fall apart. Tennessee hires Cheney, And we beat the Gators. Like, a lot of good stuff happened last week for Tennessee. And a tweeter asked us, what was our favorite part? For me, it's without a doubt yesterday beating Georgia.
1: Nothing even compares to yesterday. Okay. For me, personally, nothing even compares. Like, uh, yeah, it was awesome to beat Georgia by 46. It was awesome to blow Missouri out on the road and stick it to Konzo. I take that back. It's not even about Conzo Martin. It's about the media. Conzo's a good guy. It's about the media. So that was fun. It was fun to get Jim Chaney and have a 44-day-long offensive coordinator search end. Those three combined don't measure up to that win last night.
0: We watched it. We watched it all together at Hobson and Hollers, one of my favorite bars in Knoxville. Actually, my favorite bar in Knoxville. And... It was like a tournament game, like the 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 amount of people who showed up to watch, the atmosphere, the vibe, like everything there just said tournament game. It felt bigger than any football game this year, and it was just awesome. It was awesome to be there. It was awesome to win. It was just awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure. I wish it was. I wish I had been there. I'm sure it was a great time. It did. That's a good point. It did feel like a tournament game. I mean. From the very beginning, it felt like a tournament game. Um, There were no laps, possessions. Like I felt like every possession mattered in that game last night. And Rob Lewis said last night in his write up for VolQuest, he said this. He thought last night was the most impressive win of the season, even over Gonzaga, because it was against a good team on the road, in an extremely hostile environment with the best student section in the conference because they're right on top of the court. And Tennessee took their very best shot. Florida's never going to shoot like that again this year, I bet.
0: I think and I I, bet, I think I disagree with the point that it was more impressive than Gonzaga. Like, No, I, I, no, no.
1: I'm not agreeing or yeah. disagreeing. I'm just saying, like, in his opinion, I think Gonzaga was the most impressive win because they, they're just so talented.
0: And that was a premier but, game. And, and that was also a... More road than neutral atmosphere. But, obviously, like, yeah, the the point remains, the Florida win was awesome. The Florida, like, you did go in there, and you did go into a hostile environment, and they did come out and hit, what, nine threes in the first half?
1: Yeah, they hit nine threes. I wonder, like, deep down, Mike White had to know, when he went in at halftime, having hit nine threes, and he was only up three. Mm Mm-hmm. He had to know what was coming down the pipe. Like, right? I mean, he had to know. They hit nine threes and were up three.
0: And, I mean, I I don't know, because there was a part of me that said that, but then on the other hand, like, you saw that Tennessee was shooting 50% against the top five defense. So, I was like, well, on one hand, you gave up nine threes and you're only down three. On the other hand, you shot 50% from the field and you're down three. So, yeah but you 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 did kind of hope that that would kind of average out and be a little bit more realistic and I believe I'm not hundred percent sure but i be, i'm I'm pretty sure that they were nine of twenty one in the first half from three and they ended the game twelve for thirty two so that 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 means in the second half they went what three of uh three of uh eleven yeah so you really they, they, you, you really cut the water off you really shut that shit down on them
1: they scored seven two pointers in the game. Like I, I, I hate that type of basketball. Like I, I hate the way they play. Like it was it was nauseating that first half last night. Watching them play four shooting guards and a postman. That offense was nauseating.
0: Now I, will, I mean, yeah they I will say they're that, good at defense. I will say that last night showed Just really, how flexible Tennessee's lineup is and and how flexible this team is. Like, I'd say, "Eh, maybe play Pons at the five. They went with Grant at the five instead and had what I think is their best offensive lineup out there. Like, all due respect to Alexander, he's been awesome, but last night wasn't built for Alexander. The way they switch on the perimeter and, and shoot threes with everybody, like, Alexander was having a lot of trouble closing out without fouling or even staying with the shooter. So, Last night wasn't a game for him, and he had been your best player the last two games. And instead, you know, he scores two points, plays twenty minutes, is in foul trouble the whole time. But Tennessee was able to, you know, Fulkerson Walker also pretty useless. Except Fulkerson did have a nice layup when Tennessee was uh, making the making the uh, run in the second half to take the. He lead. had a
1: block too, right? Uh, thought he thought he had a big block
0: on his stat sheet that I'm looking at on ESPN. It just Maybe says not. it says two points, okay. one rebound. He had an okay. offensive rebound. Uh, Tennessee only well, I... had Tennessee only had three blocks as a team. One was the really gross one from Schofield. Uh, yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, that that was uh, delicious. But Tennessee was able to play both Bowden and Turner twenty nine minutes each, and Pons and Alexander didn't really do much. And you went with your five best offensive players. And against Florida, they were able to match up with the three point with uh, the three point shooting. And you really saw that adjustment by Barnes in the second half. And I do think that's why they went from nine of twenty one to shooting what. Would I say it was twelve of thirty-two?
1: Yeah, they shot twelve. Of 30. They shot they shot a lower percentage from three than we did
0: because you didn't have to. You didn't play Alexander and Pines. You were able to just go Grant, Admiral, Bone, Bowden, and Turner, and they couldn't guard Tennessee, and Tennessee was able to still stay active on the perimeter without really getting beat up down low. Like Tennessee still uh, dominated the re you know dominated the glass thirty six rebounds to twenty eight,
1: and like. It's like you said, we shot 50%, so that worked both ways in the first half. Like, I thought we were going to have to play. Like, when you tweeted it out, I was like, we're going to have to do that. I thought we were going to have to play pawns at the five. Yeah. And we didn't. But in the second half, like, the one thing we knew we needed to do in the second half was go to the rim. And, like, in the second half, we gave Grant the ball and just said, go to the rim. And he was unstoppable. Um... Not to mention Bowden. I mean, like, what can you say about Jordan Bowden? Like, you can't really, there's not enough superlatives in the world to heap upon Jordan Bowden as a starter for two and a half years, losing that starting role and not complaining once. And I saw somebody tweet it to the the podcast account. At this point, it's time to consider Jordan Bowden a scorer and not a shooter, because he is just flat-out scoring.
0: Yeah, he's um, getting to the he's getting to the free-throw line a lot. Even last night, you know, one three-pointer. seven, one three, to like, One three-pointer, and that was a huge three. It was like at the six-minute mark to tie the game back up, I believe, at uh, 53 or 56 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was gross. It was off the dribble, contested, and, and we've been pretty tough on Bowden, but, you know, I've been praising him the last couple games. Him going to the bench has really opened up. His game a lot, and he's has he just has more confidence, and he's scoring. And again, the free throws are what's standing out to me. He's getting to the line a lot. He had a tw- he, he had a, he had a tw- he had twelve straight points for Tennessee last night to keep them and and get them back in the lead.
1: And like one thing that I, I texted this to a couple guys last night, one thing I thought was different about Jordan Bowden last night than the other two games where he exploded off the bench. Was that last night, even the three-pointers that he missed, they looked really, really good. Like, his shot looked perfect last night. I know, for a fact, one three went all the way down. Mm-hmm.
0: I know it's what you're talking came about. came back up. Yeah.
1: He hit a long two-pointer. Like, I thought last night his shot looked... Like, when he when he released it last night, like his whole form, it was like, that is a sharpshooter. And I thought it, it hadn't been that way... Previously, like, last night I thought he finally had gotten his shot back. And, like, yeah, he only made one three. I think he went one for three from three. But, like, another one went all the way in and came back out. Like, it looks like his shot is coming back to me. Another thing I haven't seen a lot of people talk about was the two threes that Turner hit at the end of the first half were monster shots. Because we were down six, and he hit one off the dribble from deep from the elbow extended to cut it to three. I mean, he had like eight points, bang, 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 at the end of the first half, a layup, and then two threes. Like, that was that was huge to only go in the half down three, you know, after they had hit nine threes. Like, it's just so awesome to see Lamonte Turner back. He has not missed a beat. Like, he has not missed anything. His shot is still lethal. He is still such an awesome three-point shooter, and he's so good on defense, too. But that, that, that lineup last night with Bone, Bowden, Turner, Williams, and Schofield, like, that's pretty stout. That's really, really good as long as you don't get beat up on the boards and we didn't.
0: Yeah, and, and Tennessee, look, I mean, when you have that lineup out there and you have Grant doing his Draymond Green impression and, and running the offense, and, I mean, Grant Williams was the one who set up the, the, the dagger, right? Like, he yep. has the ball. Uh, extended past the free throw line, dribbles, then finds Admiral right in the corner. A little bit low of a pass, so we'll have to work on his playmaking a little bit, but it was a it was a good pass. It was perfect vision and Admiral, I mean what can you say, didn't do much in the second half, was in foul trouble, but came in and hit 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 the dagger.
1: I thought his fourth foul was pretty was pretty bad call.
0: I don't I don't know if I remember it off the top of my
1: head. Um but I will say again, like Admiral had fourteen, I think. Did anybody in America think he wasn't going to hit that three?
0: No, everyone knew. Everyone knew. Everyone
1: knew. I knew it. Like, I don't even know how, how to explain it, but I just knew it. I knew he was knocking it down, and, like, that just goes to show you about him, like, he didn't have a great game. Like, he didn't take the game over. Last night, Grant Williams and Jordan Bowden took the game over, but Admiral hit the shot, hit the dagger, and everyone knew it was going in. Everyone knew that shot was going in. And I saw where Williams said in the postgame, like, in the huddle or as they were walking out on the floor, he told Schofield, just get open and I'll find you. And like Grant said, he saw Admiral's man, like, turn his eyes upon Grant and was looking at Grant to, like, come and help. And that's when he, that's when he passed the ball to Schofield. Like, Grant knew what he was going to do. He knew Admiral was going to knock it down. They are just – it's just a really, really special team. I mean, like I said, 99% of the teams in the nation lose that game last night.
0: What, what, is, what is driving the fan base right now so much? Like, why did, why did that game feel so important? Was it because it's a road game and it's Florida? Is it because this team's just top three in the country and we want to try to get to number one? Is it wanting to go one seed? Like, Is it just cherishing this team? I was wondering, like, what made that game feel so big?
1: I don't know. I mean, like, one thing for me personally that made last night so sweet was, like, I wasn't particularly nervous going into the game. Like, I was telling my friends, I was like, we're going to win the game. Like, I'm not really even particularly nervous about it. But at some point, Tennessee has to lose a game. Like, at some point, they're going to lose another game. And last night... Well,
0: they, they don't have to. They don't have to. They might just win the whole thing.
1: They might just win every game out and cut down the nets yeah. in Minneapolis. It's, per- it's certainly possible. It,
0: it is possible.
1: Um, but like last night, the tip started and like everything seemed set up for us to lose that game. Everything seemed set up for us to lose that game. I mean, they were playing a team that plays a funky kind of offense. They're awesome on defense. They have a great atmosphere. They needed that win. They were playing on all, they were hitting all cylinders and like. Tennessee, like Florida sent several knockout blows to Tennessee and Tennessee never went down. Like, I think for me it was just because every possible thing in the world seemed like it was perfectly set up for Tennessee to lose. And like, they somehow won by 11. But like, the the team is just special to begin with. I mean, like, the guys are so likable. Um I mean like being ranked number one doesn't really matter to me I, I care about the one seed more than anything um
0: so so I really, t- so Tennessee I, getting to number one doesn't matter to you
1: not like I mean it would be cool it would be cool, but like that's I hadn't really even thought about it until you mentioned it.
0: I think this team getting to, I think this team deserves to get to number one
1: I agree with that I agree with that like, I think this team deserves to win a national title.
0: I think this team getting to number one and being able to say that they also did it. Now, it, sure, it'll – I don't want to say cheapen, but it'll it will hurt the the 2008 team a little bit, but they were still the first to do it, and, you know, they still have that claim. But this team right now that many think might be the most complete, best team Tennessee's ever had, they deserve to get to number one at some point.
1: Yes. I agree with that. Um I mean, I really want to be eleven and 0 in the conference going into Rupp.
0: Would you go to Rupp in that situation? Uh, no. no. Yeah, me and me and my me and my boy Terrell and, and Marwan, we were, they were texting me about it last night, but I, I was I'd been drinking, so I said we need to uh, revisit it when I was sober. I didn't want to commit to anything that I that I couldn't do, but just the the wheels had started getting in motion to try to uh, to go to Rupp. I don't know if it's going to happen. It is a Saturday game. Uh, but the the wheels had started spinning a little bit. Because it, I mean, it, it does feel like this is a magical season that you need to take in.
1: Yes, I, I think, like, it's like Tennessee basketball right now is appointment, it's appointment television. Like, it does not matter what you have going on in your life. You know, it doesn't matter what you have to do. You're going to find a way to get in front of that TV at tip-off. Like... Because during the week, sometimes you can have stuff going on, but it's like I'm now to the point where I'm shuffling around what I need to do during the week. I'm centering it around Tennessee basketball. Like, nothing in the world is going to keep me from being in front of my television at 6 p.m. Central Tuesday night to watch us beat Arkansas. And, like, as weird as it sounds, like, I those games, like – The midweek games against the lower, like the middling teams of the SEC are the games, like I love those games so much. They're not as fun as the games last night, but like just going out there and beating a middle-of-the-pack SEC team like a dog is really, really fun. And like just every game is appointment television. I mean, I'm blown away by how good they are. Mm Mm-hmm they didn't add a single piece from the offseason. Like, it would be different if they were this good and they had gone out and gotten, like, Romeo Langford at Indiana and, like, you know, had a lottery pick talent to go with Admiral and Williams, but they don't. Like, they just got better themselves. And, you know, like you said, Grant Williams is out here being Draymond Green. Admiral Schofield is a lights-out three-point shooter. Kyle is a... Just vacuums up rebounds. Like those two offensive rebounds he had last night, That we we killed 90 seconds on the clock. Yeah. At the end of the game. Yeah.
0: We just got the rebounds. And that was with, yeah, a smaller lineup out there. We were still able to uh, go out and, and do that.
1: I got just, I mean, it.
0: The next game's okay. Arkansas, Alabama at Vandy, West Virginia. Feels like 4 0. Feels like 4 0. All of a sudden, I mean, that trip to Columbia, South Carolina, seems a little bit trickier now. They are 3-0 and in SEC, but I still don't think they're very good. I still don't think they're very good. So, I mean, Tennessee and a and not good. It seems like Tennessee might be able to keep this thing rolling into Kentucky.
1: Yeah, I mean, like like we talked about it on the podcast. Like When we talked about it, we were like, Because I remember saying, I was like, I don't expect us to lose to Florida, but at some point, the guys are probably going to lose. And, like, this seems like the best spot for them to lose. Like, this seems like the most likely. And they didn't. And not only did they not lose, like, they look so good. They're just, they're beating the crap out of teams. They're taking teams' best shot and, and punching them right back in the mouth. Um... It really does seem like they're going to be eleven and zero, and like, it's nobody. Let's just say nobody in the conference even looks anywhere close to Tennessee.
0: I'll say Ole Miss looks pretty damn good, but Kermit Davis is legit, though. Yeah, they look pretty damn good.
1: He, he, he's legit. I think, I think we can all say that at this point, Kermit Davis is a legit coach, and he's done a great job. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. Um,
0: what are your thoughts on Andy Katz and and? Seth Davis, mad about the gator chomp?
1: I I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Like, I'm blown away. Like, okay, I will say I expected some people to say something. It doesn't surprise me that, like, somebody said something about it. But, like, the outpouring of overcharged emotional statements that it received has been surprising. Like, Andy Katz and Seth Davis both said something about it. Like, Andy Katz, that tweet he had, like, had over 780 replies or something absurd. And, like, people just hammering him for being a dork. Like, Seth Davis was like, watch out for karma. Like, you dork, karma is not going to be why Tennessee loses a basketball game.
0: I mean, and, and Duke, Duke didn't necessarily act, uh... Act very mature when they when Cam Reddish hit the game winner yesterday. They no. they stormed the court with time left and were, and were being pretty braggadocious. And I didn't hear Seth Davis say anything about his uh, alma mater there.
1: Like Florida would have one thousand percent have done the Gator Chomp if they had won that game last night.
0: They do the Gator Chomp on the road too. Like it's no different. Now, like what You, was could, it? you could say it's their you could say it's their motion, but I mean you still have to you have to be willing to. To take that type of thing whenever you do it. it it's it's sad like the at least I haven't seen Michael White complaining right Have we seen them say anything because I mean I gave Tom Herman a lot of a lot of hell for for whining and complaining about players doing the horns down motion but when you do that you kind of got you're, you're kind of signing up to have it thrown back at you No
1: Mike white didn't say a word about it that I've seen.
0: Well credit to Mike White credit to Mike White. The sports writers shouldn't be complaining about, and it, you know, it's Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. You know, the two guys that they're, they're all writing about how good they are and how smart they are. And every time you watch a damn game, they're talking about Grant Williams could have went to Harvard and him playing all these instruments. like, And now, like, afterwards they're trying to paint them as some, as some type of miscreants who are disrespecting the game and disrespecting tradition and, and should have more class.
1: Like – here is the official Reed's Ranch st- stance on the entire five doing the Gator Chomp simultaneously. It was very, very, very awesome and cool.
0: We have released a statement that we are upset that more of the Tennessee players did not storm the court doing the Gator Chomp.
1: Next time, the entire bench needs to do the same.
0: They all need to. Isn't get, they all need to get in a like, circle at, at center court? And just all start walking towards the crowd doing it at the same time. They, like, they need to it, be more choreographed next time.
1: Like, isn't like them doing the Gator Chomp, isn't that part of what makes college athletics so cool? Like, because you're just not going to get that in a professional game.
0: It just seems like, man, like, it just seems such a weird a weird take to have and, you, you did see Jay Williams, right, who used to play. Yeah. He was like, hey, I like Tennessee swagger. You even had that nerd – what's his name at CB – Doug Gottlieb. You even had that nerd Doug Gottlieb saying he loves yeah. it. So it seems, like no, the, it seems like the people who played love it, and yeah. the, the nerds who are just straight journalists are, are clutching their pearls. Well,
1: like, so – and that tells you all you need to know right there. I mean, like – but while we're on this topic, here is what Blake Topmeyer,
0: buddy, what um, is he, he doing? I, I didn't think that anybody would have a worse misstep than than our boy David Uben, and then here comes Blake Topmeyer,
1: the beat writer, the football beat writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel. For those that do not know, here is what he said last night at 11:47 p.m. So a lot of Lady Vols fans were myth. Because an opposing player clapped while on UT's court during an upset victory, today five Vols men's players gator-chomped at the end of a victory in Gainesville, and that's all good. Rest in peace to my mentions.
0: How, how many how many replies did he get onto that? By the way. Um. Can you see oh, how many? Can you see? Did,
1: I would have to see it in my timeline to see how many replies he got, but it looks like a, over 100. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's more than I thought because I saw it and I didn't even care enough to reply. Like, I don't think he realizes that the old, the old Venn diagram of Lady Vols and Tennessee basketballs, that, that, they, don't really oh, it, over, that they don't really overlap. It has 92 responses. I don't think you realize that the old Venn diagram doesn't really have a big a big circle of of where where Tennessee basketball fans like both. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, dude, just go to a lady vol- a Lady Vols game. Just go to a Lady Vols game and look, and you can count. You you only need one hand to count the amount of heterosexuals in the crowd.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Thought you were going age there? It's just got awkward. That too. I was gonna go with the age thing.
1: But like, it's a totally different crowd. I tweeted at him. I tweeted at him. It was just a picture of apples and oranges.
0: Fruit can be compared, by the way.
1: They can be, but you know what I'm saying. And like, dude, like. The people that were mad about whoever, I guess it was a Missouri player that was cheering on the court when they beat the Lady Vols in Knoxville. Like, the people that were upset about that probably did not even watch the Tennessee-Florida game last night.
0: And they probably were mad that the Tennessee players gator chomps. Like, they probably were still mad about it. They they are probably big on the old sportsmanship thing. Yeah. But like I said, the the, the old VIM diagram doesn't really have a big center section. Not a lot of people are watching both. I saw a little bit of what happened with the Missouri player. The, I thought people is – that, is that what the coach was mad about because I saw one Lady Vol assistant coach wouldn't – I have no idea. One Lady Vol assistant coach wouldn't shake a Missouri player's hands like through the line. Yeah. So I guess that's because she clapped on the court. I had no clue. I was unaware of this scandal. I mean that seems extremely, extremely weak. And if it is, like, I would say, like, yeah, that Lady Vols coach is being, uh, being a disgrace. Really, that's really weak, and she should be reprimanded.
1: Yes, that, that the the Lady Vols coach needs to be needs to get in trouble for refusing to shake a player's hand.
0: Many people, many people will probably have revisionist history over this, but me and you both call Butch Jones a big fucking dork. For crying about Eric Stryker celebrating on our field,
1: yeah, like, dude, you know, we don't need to rehash that game. But you were up seventeen to nothing. You were up fourteen to nothing, and on the half yard line, and kicked a field goal. Eric Stryker celebrating on the field is mild in terms of the embarrassment that you should have received.
0: And like some fans, yeah. some some fans were mad about it, but like we we were well documented saying, yeah, I mean. It's embarrassing that, that our coach took the time out to actually be mad about that.
1: Yeah, it it, it it 100% is. I mean, and credit to Mike White for not saying anything. Like, he seemed like a broken man in the post-game press conference. Like, his, he's gonna get, I watched a little He's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. Like, what is his deal? Like, I don't it's know, year man. four and you don't have a center?
0: I don't know what his deal is. And it's not like they haven't recruited well. I mean, maybe, they, maybe they've never found a center, but – they have eight top 100 players on their roster. Yeah, like they've recruited, like, they've recruited big time guys. How dumb do you think Trey Mann feels? If I'm Trey Man, you know, I feel like an idiot. Like you could have came to Tennessee, but instead you're going to go to Florida to play for a lame duck coach, if like, he's even there. I mean, like you know, they might not
1: have recruited a center. Tennessee center, the center Tennessee recruited is a three star from Canada. Okay, they exist. They're out there, and they don't have to be McDonald's All-Americans. Like, but instead, at a place where it's insanely easy to recruit, you roll out as a starting lineup four shooting guards and, like, a stretch four. I guess you could call that postman they have. I don't even know what he is.
0: He hit a three. That's all all he did was hit a three, like— They were just hell bent on just shooting threes. Like what a just, that would be so frustrating to watch. Just a offense that's geared around nothing but trying to kick out for threes and that's like, all you shoot. I,
1: like I said it during the game last night, their offense like it is so awful to watch. It is terrible basketball and I know like when that ball goes through the hoop and that kind of offense you're pretty much unbeatable. But like they're not that good of a three-point shooting team. They're not even a good three-point shooting team. And, like, it was like when I watched Auburn play Ole Miss last week. Like, I could barely watch it because Auburn's offense is so ugly and heinous to watch compared to the motion offense that, like, we run. Like, we got Admiral coming off screens, off-ball screens, and then he's dumping it to Alexander, who's rolling. Like, Like, Auburn, when I watched them, it was basically just Jared Harper, like, He was shooting fadeaway threes and stuff. And it's just like, this is so awful. Like, we are going to kill y'all because we actually have an offense. And it's just an awful, awful brand of basketball to watch. I know Florida's awesome on defense. I mean, they were number 20 in Ken Palm going into the game last night. I think they dropped to 24th. Like That is a top 25 Ken Palm team that we beat. I know they're 9-6, and they're not that good. But like the stats love them.
0: I love so much. The, I love so much that we beat their ass in the last like last forty seconds. Yes, I'm to glad make it a double we didn't sit game. on the ball. Yeah. I'm glad
1: we didn't sit on the ball.
0: Dunk it on their fucking faces.
1: Embarrass them. Like humiliate them. Let everyone else in the conference know that Tennessee is the best basketball team, and it's not even close. Don't beat Don't beat Florida by five
0: when you can beat them by eleven. And apparently, the net ratings, like the new RPI or whatever. It basically, I think it just has a category of did you win by double digits or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's no difference. I I don't think there's any difference between like an 11-point win and a 30-point win to the net rankings. So Tennessee is going to get full credit for a blowout in that game that was a two-point game with 40 seconds left. That's awesome. I was really really terrified when Bowden had that terrible cross-court pass and Florida got a Mm -hmm. wide-open three with like a minute left.
1: Yeah. I was really kicking I was
0: really scared at that point.
1: Yeah, that was that was a really bad pass. I mean, that was just a really bad pass, but you know. They happened like there were some things we did. Like I thought that that timeout Barnes called at the end of the first half was terrible too.
0: I did too. I did too.
1: It, well it, like not even that it was just terrible but that it was so unlike him
0: he's he saves timeouts like he is saving for his retirement fund right like like, he
1: never uses timeouts he
0: treats he treats uh, his timeouts like my dad does a quarter on the ground he is gonna and pick then, up like, no matter what and pick up that quarter and say hey you guys don't appreciate what you have he he saves those he collects those quarters
1: which is like the the timeout that he called blew me away I was just like this what like whatever I mean I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, no, he,
0: I was just like someone. Someone that I was watching the game with was like, "Yeah, he's earned that right. He can call a timeout if he wants," and I was yeah. just kind of like, "Okay, yeah, touche."
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I whatever. I was just—it's so unlike him that I was just like, "Huh?" But yeah, I mean, I just—it's just they're an amazing basketball team. Every single player has gotten better, and like. Yeah, I know Pons isn't great, but, like, Pons has gotten a whole lot better, too. I mean, he knocked down that three at the beginning of the game.
0: And then he 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 shot two awful ones afterwards.
1: But, like, everybody's gotten so much better. I mean, and one thing that I will say about Barnes, that aside from how much more developed everyone is, he is a master of psychology.
0: Yeah, and in in, in, like, in the day and age when you have that asshole Tom Izzo, mockingly doing a press conference talking about how he how he's scared to coach his players and how he has to get down on his knees and pray before he before he can ask his players if he can instruct them on what they did wrong. Did you see that? No. Because the, did you see the Penn State coach got suspended because he yeah. pushed his player? Well, afterwards, Tom Izzo did a press conference, basically calling our generation soft and. You know how in his day you just took a belt to somebody and that's how you fix these kids and blah, blah, blah. Like in a day and age where you have those coaches relying on on all that and acting like you can't just talk to people and treat people like adults and get through yeah. to them, it is refreshing to have Rick Barnes who really has just played it masterfully with this roster and, you know, Kyle Alexander was balling. And they asked yeah. him what changed. He said, I had a talk with Rick Barnes. Same for Jordan Bones. Same for Grant Williams. Like, he just basically has one-on-one meetings with these guys, and then they come out and they start playing better. Like, he taps in and knows what buttons to push and knows how to challenge them. And to me, like, I, it really is refreshing that he's able to do that without being the, the asshole who gets in your face and grabs you and pushes you and then calls you yeah. soft.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure, like, when it's in a practice, like, I've read, you know, people talk about just how brutally hard Tennessee's practices are. You know, like – it's not like he's soft. Oh no, Like, he pushes them to the absolute limit. But like he does it in private, and that's another thing. Like when the TV, when the when the camera is rolling, Rick Barnes is never going to be anything but complimentary of his guys.
0: Well, and like it, maybe maybe now, but I mean, he was pretty rough on Mustela. He was pretty rough on Mustela out in the open, and I mean, even with I Lamonte forgot about him
1: ripping Mostella.
0: Yeah, even with Lamonte and his injury, he was kind of. Yeah, he did take a
1: couple shots at Lamonte. He
0: was kind of just like, yeah, he's okay. He, he kind of Greg Popoviched him a little bit. So I, I won't say that Barnes doesn't use the media to also yeah. to call those players out because he does, and usually Grant and – admiral can take it like he, you know even when grant was balling last year he would call grant and say he needs a rebound more right like yeah. he'd embarrass him at and the he's press averaging conference. two more rebounds a game this year yeah i mean, no, I mean it, it works i'm not saying it hasn't worked but i, I don't i don't think it's right yeah that, you're right you're right that was wrong yeah i mean he, he has the, the, used the media to call them out publicly now not in a necessarily like embarrassing way but he, he, he has, doesn't
1: denigrate them. yeah he,
0: he has challenged them. he did kind of deintegrate uh to mostella but mostella quickly but that left was after, mostella. Yeah, Most, yeah mostella I mean, quickly left like that was addition by subtraction. No offense to Dech uh, Mustella. Everything,
1: it, every move he has made has been a masterstroke. Like it's been flawless. The buttons he has pushed, the strings he has pulled, he has handled the team just in an unbelievably perfect fashion. I mean, man, I hope they can, I
0: hope they can make a deep tournament run. I I hope that I hope nothing. I want this team to be successful so bad. I want them to win the SEC tournament. I want them to go to the Final Four, and I want them to win the whole thing. So bad. Yeah, I do too.
1: They just they deserve it so much. Like I was just thinking about last night. I was just thinking about just the Sunday of the SEC tournament game being there in Nashville and us beating Kentucky to win the SEC tournament, and like being able to win the regular season and, and the and the the conference tournament. I mean, like, I even like I'm to the point now where I honestly I love Rick Barnes. Like Yeah. Everything he's done we're forty and ten in our last fifty games.
0: I knew we were like twenty eight and five since since last year's Missouri game.
1: Like, that's absurd. Um everything about Tennessee basketball is so much fun. Like I said, it's appointment television. You have to, no matter what you're doing, when Tennessee tips off, you have to be there in front of the television.
0: I'm already very, very nervous for their second-round matchup in the tournament against Texas in a one-versus-nine matchup.
1: Texas, I don't even know if they'll get a nine seed.
0: They were in the last bracketology. I saw them as an eight seed, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened to them yesterday. They lost yesterday. Texas
1: Tech won in Austin for the first time since 1996.
0: Texas Tech's coach is good. Like whoever that is, he's he's Chris Beard. Yeah, they've been they've been really good.
1: And like in turn, if you factor in age, he has to be the top coach in America. How old is he? He's like 48.
0: Oh wow. Okay.
1: Um, if you factor in age, he has to be the number one coach. He's awesome.
0: Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch if you want to join the ranch gang. We have a lot of people. We had a lot of people sign up this week, Seth. You got a lot of I love you to pass around. Starting with David Ka- David Kahn. Love you, David. Ben Hall. Love you. Love you, Ben. Trey B31.
1: Love you, Trey B31. Blue. Love you, Falcon. Blake Richmond.
0: Love you, Blake. Mitchell Keane. Love you, Mitchell. Alex Martin. Love you, Alex. Cody Lamb. Love you, Cody. Hugh Powers. Love you,
1: Hugh. And $20 patron, Austin Mullins. Love you, Austin. Thank you. You're feeding my kids. Shout out to That $20 Aust- is going to buy so many diapers.
0: Shout out to Austin Mullins. Extra big Salute. shout out. We love all of you. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Skylar Crouch asks, do we expect Jalen Johnson to take a big leap next year with Admiral being gone? I hope so. I don't. I mean, I, not that I don't hope so. I just don't expect that.
1: He's got to learn to play defense.
0: I'm going to say that the person most in line to take the, to take the big leap would be Bowden. I could see Bowden sliding into that admiral slash senior year Josh Richardson role. That, that, that's where I'm thinking right now. If he stays in school, I think we're going to see a Bowden become that, become that player. Now, maybe Jalen Johnson slides into Bowden's role, like off the bench, maybe. But I have high hopes for Bowden kind of being that guy next year. Right?
1: Yes, that would be my guess, too. I mean, Jalen Johnson is extremely talented on the offensive end of the floor. At some point, my man has to want to play defense.
0: Yeah, especially like, like Barnes. He isn't good enough on offense for Barnes to overlook how shitty his defense is. So, no.
1: Yeah, not even close. Skylar, I, I, mean, I don't
0: think Jalen Johnson is going to make that big leap. I've been waiting for it for two years, and we haven't gotten there. I would say Bowden won, and hell, maybe even Josiah James comes in and takes Admiral's production.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet that we're going to have like an NBA player just step right into the starting lineup next year.
0: Hopefully that works out. Hopefully he's, he's, hopefully he's more Tobias Harris than he is Scotty H- or or freshman Scotty or Robert Hubbs. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Robert Hubbs, forgot about him. Yeah.
0: Austin Mullins says which team do you see on Tennessee's remaining schedule giving them the toughest game?
1: Um, we play at Ole Miss, right?
0: Yep, February twenty seventh. Man, <sighs> the the, the end of our schedule is pretty rough, man. Like
1: yeah, they they backloaded it. LSU's good too.
0: Yeah, we go at Kentucky on the sixteenth of February. Home for Vandy, which Vandy should be easy, and then at LSU, at Ole Miss, Kentucky, Mississippi State, at Auburn. That's pretty rough.
1: I mean, at LSU is not going to be easy either.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a pretty rough schedule. Hopefully, Tennessee has like a four game lead in the SEC at that point. Yeah. Because at Kentucky, at LSU, at Ole Miss, home for Kentucky, Mississippi State, at Auburn, that's pretty. That's pretty tough. I'll
1: Kentucky and Auburn play this upcoming Saturday, I believe. Okay. So one of those two teams is gonna get a second loss. So yeah, that's nice. The
0: loser of that the loser of that is gonna be hurting. I guess I think right now Ole Miss is who I'm scared of the most right now.
1: They look like the second best team in the league. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: A trip to Old Miss, and that's also a middle of the week after you go like you have to go to LSU on a Saturday, come back and then go to Mississippi after that. Yeah, that's pretty stout. It's just a bad it's a bad schedule, and it's before Kentucky at home. So maybe a bit of a, of a trap game type of thing. And okay, yeah. So my answer right now, I'd say, is at Mississippi on the twenty seventh. Donovan asked. I agree. Donovan asked, can Andy Reid beat Bill Belichick next week? Yes. Man, I hope so. I hope so. I'm gonna be so damn mad if the Patriots win again, and and they already beat the hell out of your boy Phil Rivers. They pounded him today. Sucks. Killed him.
1: Uh, he had no time to throw.
0: Yeah, it, it was a pretty big mismatch in the old uh, coaching department, right?
1: Yeah, it look, it appears that way. I mean, like, what were the Chargers scheming for on offense all week?
0: Like, Lance, what was his name? Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn versus yeah. Bill Belichick. That seems kind of like a mismatch.
1: Like, I just felt like every play I saw, like, now Phillip is just throwing it deep every play, it seems. But, like, In the first half, like, every snap that Phillip dropped back, he was getting hit. Like, he had no time.
0: The Chiefs looked good yesterday. Yeah, they did. Now, I will say that I think a big part of what I saw today with the Patriots uh, makes me think that they're just going to try to run the ball down the Chiefs' throat next week, right? With Sonny Michel. Mm -hmm. Just give him the ball and have him just try to run it down their throats. and, And they'll probably try to grind the clock out. And the, and the Patriots' secondary is pretty good. But, man, like, it just it's, it's felt like the Chiefs' year all year to me.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I want Andy Reid to get him a Super Bowl.
0: I do, too. I do, too. So, Donovan, I hope they can. I think they can, and I, and, and I think they're going to. But, uh, they, he, yeah, that, that, that's my answer for that. Uh, Roman Wright says, Would Hazard be the answer for Madrid as a CR7 replacement? Sure. Yes, I agree.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you could disagree.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Hazard is definitely in line to be that next. that next. Actually,
1: it, it, it's Hazard. It's Hazard.
0: Hazard is definitely in line to be the next great striker for uh, Real Madrid, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking, considering I did not even know Hazard didn't play for Chelsea anymore, but apparently he plays for Real Madrid. But, yeah, I had him penciled in for the whole offseason.
0: World-class striker. World-class striker. Good with both feet. He's pretty fast. And you knew what was going to happen. You knew Real Madrid wasn't going to just take it laying down. You knew they weren't just going to go quietly into the night as they reloaded. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're already yeah. back. You know what I mean? A,
1: pl- a plucky underdog team like that, they're always going to overachieve and yeah. get what they need.
0: Shout out to so, them. Yeah. Hazard, Hazard's going to be a beast there. You heard it here first. A Reed's Ranch exclusive. All right, that's all the Patriot questions. I do want to ask you what your thoughts were about Jim Chaney and uh, Tennessee hiring him. Because we, we, um, we hadn't talked after they had hired him, right?
1: No, we have not. Okay. Because they did it during the middle of the Missouri game. Yeah, and
0: we talked on Sunday, I guess. So, yeah.
1: Um. So, I will start off by saying that after a 44-day offensive coordinator search, in which it seemed as if we had really no leads on who to hire, Jim Chaney is an absolute home run. On the flip side, Jim Chaney is going to do some things. He's going to call some plays that make us want to pull our hair out and make us mad and, you know, he's going to do that. He's going to drive us crazy. He did it the first time he was at Tennessee. He did it at Georgia. He also averaged 38 points a game this year, you're going to have to take the good with the bad. It's good for Garantano. If, if Chaney – I don't know if Chaney will end up coaching quarterbacks or not. If he if he does, it's good for Garantano. I would imagine he does.
0: I would imagine he coaches the quarterbacks.
1: It's good for Pruitt. Pruitt got a guy who is a distinguished and prominent, established SEC play caller that does not want to be a head coach. So Chaney offers continuity which is badly needed. It'll be our fourth offensive coordinator in four years. He offers, um, like I said, he's established. He's well-respected. He's good quarterback's coach. And he's going to be here until Pruitt leaves or Pruitt fires him, or he retires. So we're not going to have to go through this again next year. Garantano will have an offensive coordinator for two straight years for the first time in his career. Jim Chaney's a good coach. But he's going to do some things that make us pull our hair out, and he's going to drive us crazy. And I think we just need to be prepared for that. And we need to say, "Hey, after 44 days, when we didn't get anybody, and it didn't look like there was anybody to get, we ended up with Jim Chaney, and that's pretty stout."
0: I do think it was funny that there's been a lot of people that have talked shit about Chaney.
1: Oh, I have. I mean, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, no, I know. But th- but that then we're you know we're so pumped that he was coming back. Like. I don't know I mean, what to, I, I don't know what to expect. You know, like you're saying, compared to where I thought we were going to end up in this search, I'm I'm thrilled. But I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think he's a solid B plus. Is that is that fair to say? He's a B plus I, like, like Here's what I
1: say: like when somebody asked me about Jim Chaney, here's what I say: I say
0: he's good. Yeah, like
1: he's a, good. He's B B plus. He's good, and good is better than what we had last year. Good is good for Pruitt because now Pruitt can just do defense. Good is good for Garantano. It's good for the program. And what is great is that Philip Fulmer kept going to the bank until they got to a number that Jim Chaney would say yes to. Because if it wasn't going to be Jim Chaney, who on earth was going to be our offensive coordinator? Yeah. Like, who were they going to go get? Jim Chaney, like, they had to basically – it, they had the right mentality. There was only one mentality to have about this whole Jim Cheney thing was it was basically Tennessee had to be like, we're going to put money on the table until you say yes. And they did that. And they made him the highest-paid offensive coordinator in the nation. He's not anywhere close to being the best offensive coordinator in the nation. But he's a whole lot better than what we were going to get.
0: I'll say so, that there's also a pretty big benefit in, in us – being 90% sure that Jim Chaney's not going to get a head coaching job or even want a head coaching job. Yeah. Like, I do think there's some value there.
1: There is. I think, I think for sure there is. I think there is 100% value in that. I mean, we've, we have seen what happens when you have good coaches and they don't leave. Like, how many coaches that Clemson has on that staff, you know, like, they never leave.
0: It's impressive that they just keep their guys.
1: Like they just keep their guys. Like none of those guys they have on offense that call plays are as good as Chad Morris is, but it's just the continuity. Like every day those players come to practice, they know who they're going to have. They know they're going to have them their junior year and their senior year.
0: I think Clemson like, if, deserves more credit for being so smart and preparing for Alabama during the break. Did you see that story?
1: Yeah, they only spent one week on Notre Dame. They're like,
0: yeah, these guys suck. We're, we're we're preparing for Alabama,
1: and like not like that is a. That is that's Dabo Sweeney putting it on the table. Yeah, I was
0: gonna say it's ballsy.
1: Because if they lose that game to Notre Dame, all anybody's gonna talk about is they only spent a week
0: on them when they had when they had a month. Well, we probably don't see that story come out if they lose to Notre Dame. That's true too. We, we, like that's we, Davo, we probably never hear about that story if they lose. They would have taken that one to the grave. That's Dabo straight up putting it on the table. And they played exactly. like they had been really. Pre- they played like they were really prepared for Alabama. Yeah, I mean... Alabama, you make anything? You, you, you take anything away from what's happening down there? They've, they've got six early enrollees, <laughs> lost to the NFL draft. That is a, uh, you know, that's the highest in the nation. They've lost the most people to the NFL draft. They're losing six underclassmen. They've lost all their damn coaches. They hired Sarkeesian. Anything to take say, from that?
1: Yeah, I would say that it is not so hard for a head coach to establish an elite coaching staff. It is not so hard to do that. It is extremely, extremely hard to replace elite coaches with elite coaches. Because he went from having Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt as his defensive coordinator to having Tosh LaPoy. He went from having, you know, Lane Kiffin as his offensive coordinator to having Mike Loxley. Like, it's one thing to build an elite coaching staff. It is another to replace them time and time again. Like, at some point, I feel like Alabama just needs to say, hey, why don't we go and get an offensive coordinator who's going to be here for two years? You know, like, it's really hard to replace those guys, especially when we just got done talking about how Clemson doesn't lose anybody.
0: Yeah, it seems like so, – I mean, we could all sound really dumb next year if they come out and just blow people out again and win the title, but it does feel, it does feel well, I, like this is going to be problematic for them.
1: I don't necessarily – I mean, he agrees with us somewhat because he's lost – he's totally cleaned house on offense. I mean, everyone is gone except the running backs coach on offense.
0: And I'm not sure their defensive coordinator is any good. Like, I don't know
1: – I think they want rid of him – I mean I I don't think we're I don't think we're too terribly off the mark here when in less than a week four offensive coaches are gone. Like in yeah, Enos left to take the Miami job, but like if, if if Saban wanted Enos to be offensive coordinator, Dan Enos would be the offensive coordinator. If he wanted him that badly.
0: Mm-hmm. He didn't really care. You know, he didn't really care. He
1: didn't care that Brent Key left to go take the Georgia Tech job. Like Josh Gaddis left. I mean Mike Loxley's gone, like, I think he agrees with us somewhat because, like, those guys aren't going to leave. Like, it, you know, he could have made Gaddis the offensive coordinator of Alabama. He could have made, you know.
0: And instead you know, he lost and instead he lost both of his co-OCs.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, like, Loxley doesn't really count because Loxley took a head coaching job. But, like, if he didn't want Brent Key to leave for Georgia Tech, do you think Brent Key is going to leave? I know it's his alma mater, but come on.
0: Yeah, they wanted to pay him more. They could, they could have made it where he wasn't going to leave. Yeah, Thought, like, thoughts on Drew Richmond leaving? Bizarre. Yeah, the tra- the transfer thing didn't make sense to me, but I guess the I transfer mean
1: transfer thing makes no sense.
0: I mean, I guess maybe he got completely undraftable grades in the NFL. I don't know. And, I, I I know he lives with I know he lives in the same place I live, and he went from driving a normal college student car to pulling up in a fairly new looking Mercedes. Well, there you go. In like a span of a week.
1: Well, there you go. I don't know. It just seemed weird. It just seemed weird. I mean, Eli Wolf, like I figured Eli Wolf would be cool with being the the number two tight end on an SEC team, but I guess not. But maybe he was kind of told, I'm sure some of these guys were kind of told, hey, why don't, why don't you go on and go somewhere
0: else any thoughts on Jeff I, Bezos Bezos Lose, uh, losing yeah, was, losing I, a cool 60 60 billion
1: I was shocked at how non discreet he was with the with the mistress like he was getting rooms at the Beverly Hills Hotel like less than five blocks from his house yeah like I was I was shocked at how non he was, but at the end of the day, you can tell that like Jeff Jeff Bezos might be what he is. He might be the richest man in the world and have just unchecked power upon American society. At the end of the day, he's still a nerd, and he still goes after women like he's a dork. Okay, <laughs> you can like,
0: have you can have all the same as Tiger Woods at least, but Tiger aimed high, I guess Tiger Tiger went I guess skank hunting, but he still he had no game when it came to his 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 sex. And all, of his, yeah. uh, and, and all of his messages that came out.
1: Yeah. So, at the end of the day, Jeff Bezos is still a nerd.
0: I guess there probably is some power knowing, like, hey, I could get married and divorce and lose half my assets another, like, four times, and I'll still be pretty rich. Yeah. I'll still, be, nice. I'll, I'll still be straight. I'll still be in the billions club.
1: She's the richest woman in the world now, right?
0: Ah oh, man, you, you know that has to make the feminist mad.
1: How funny is that, dude? You know, it has How to make the feminist funny mad, right? Is that, that the, the richest
0: like, woman in the world is rich because she got divorced. That, that uh, fills me with just
1: unchecked
0: joy. Oh, man. That
1: she is the richest woman in the world. But yeah, that's all I got, buddy.
0: You see this story about Logan Paul? Yeah. Where he's going to be gay for a month? Going to go gay in March.
1: Yeah. Best of luck, Logan.
0: Do you think he makes it back in April, or do you think he just stays?
1: I think he makes it back.
0: I'm interested in the social experiment. I, I really thought this guy was going to be gone after he went after and filmed the Japanese thing. After yeah. he went and filmed dead dead bodies, once he went and filmed people who had committed suicide, I really thought well,
1: we know, like we know that in today's society, like the gays are untouchable. So what better way? To get yourself back in society's good graces after filming dead people, than saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go be gay."
0: Well, I mean, I think I, I think he was uh, making a mockery of it, saying he, saying he, saying he can just go do it for a month. I think the gay community's mad. You can't just go run and be gay for a little bit, then not be gay. Like you're, you're born that way. I mean, haven't you heard the Lady Gaga song? I haven't. But I, all I can think about
1: in times like this is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> coming out and saying, "Yeah, I've been accused of sexual assault," but by the way, I'm coming out of the closet. I shouldn't. Have. And it worked. And it worked.
0: I guess. I guess. It, I guess Logan Paul saw that from Kevin Spacey and said, "Maybe you're right." Said maybe he saw that and said, "Yeah, this is the way to go."
1: I just I can never think of anything,
0: but that statement
1: Kevin Spacey released and just how surreal it was to come out and hit back at sexual assault allegations with by the way I'm a gay man
0: checkmate and it worked healthy bean organic coffee go to healthybeancoffee.com use the promo code ranchgang to let you know to let them know that you heard it about it here you'll get a little bit of a discount healthy bean organic coffee is uh it's healthy you can use it for weight loss dieting it helps with that uh, it's a pre-workout, post-workout. It's got protein, packed with packed with antioxidants. Go to healthybeingcoffee.com Seth, I love you, my brother.
1: I love you, my man. I will talk Have to you. Night. I
0: will talk to you next week, hopefully after another two and O Tennessee week and the Kansas City Chiefs punching their ticket to the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Talk soon.
1: Bye bye.